welcome to episode 194 of the Locomotive. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. John, how's it going tonight, man? It's alright. It's a Saturday, it's cold. Yeah, cold true. will soon be over. And by soon, I mean like Tuesday. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm sick of it. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, It's been a long, long cold week and I'm ready for the cold to be over. I mean, we get, like, two weeks of really cold every year, right? Yeah, we do. Most years, yeah, it's that. It was so late this year. Normally it happens in January. Yeah, I mean, February's not the latest, though. It's not the latest, but it was later than I was expecting. January, February is usually when it's cold, from what I remember, from what I recall, at least. Well, yeah, from what I recall, it's usually, like, mid-January. So, like, I was like, oh, maybe it's just not going to happen this year. Maybe global warming is actually, like, you know... You know, having a very, very overt effect on us, and then it came anyways. It's like, which technically global warming, the, the cold is still caused by the same thing. But yeah, that's yeah. besides the point. <laughs> yeah, it's just really, really annoying that global warming is making it colder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just melt those damn ice caps and make it balmy. No, <laughs> but yeah. Don't actually, but you know. Yeah, don't some, actually. But, yeah. Sometimes when you wake up in the morning and it's negative twenty five outside and you have to go to work, you kind of question if it would really be that bad. Yeah. Ugh. The answer is yes, but. Awful. Yeah, I just feel like I should be playing more long of uh, the long dark because of this, but. Yeah, just start <laughs> actually being like, oh yeah, this is. I, don't worry, I know how to survive this weather. I just need to not get eaten by wolves. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh. So, John, you kind of have something to talk about. Why don't you serve this one up for us today? All right. So, uh, I got this idea for a topic, funny enough, by watching a movie on Netflix today called The Extinction. Okay. Uh, the movie is about basically a alien invasion happens. Okay. And, but a, a guy's been having, like, nightmares about it leading up to it. So, like, he feels like he knows it's happening. And then when it actually happens, like, a lot of weird shit happens. Uh, it's a pretty decent movie, actually. It's not, like, amazing by any means. But if you ever don't know what to watch, I do recommend watching it. <laughs> it actually has a really... It's really, really sweet, actually. Like, what happens in the movie. Like... It's not what you expect to happen in the movie. Oh, okay. Like, I don't want to give away too much, obviously. But <laughs> I mean, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want to spoil it because it is a newer movie, and it is oh, okay. like it is really sweet. Like, okay. It's not amazing, but it's cool. It's. Maybe we can uh, just leave it at that then. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's kind of. It kind of makes you just. It gives me a lot of um, ex machina vibes. Oh, okay. So, just nowhere near as bad shit, thankfully. Because that movie was... That movie is a trip. That movie was something. But, um... It, I'm, watch, I'm watching this movie, and as the movie's going on, I suddenly get, like, a weird little idea. Where it's like, you know what would be really sweet? You start a Shadowrun game, right? Mm-hmm. You have everyone make their, like, Shadowrun characters, and, like, they're doing their thing, and building all that... And like, all right, this is your first mission. You go on the mission, and halfway through the mission, an actual alien invasion happens. <laughs> just completely, just like derail it, like massive swerve, where it's like, oh yeah, you're a Shadowrunner, and suddenly, you know, alien invasion. Yeah. You know, and like, because you could do it in Shadowrun super easy, right? Because mm-hmm. like, there's already a lot of weird stuff going on as is. You know, and and the it wouldn't be that hard to just be like, oh, they're shooting. You know, even if you don't, even if you, uh, if you really wanted them to shoot laser weapons, you'd be like, oh, you're shooting laser weapons. They deal the same damage as a predator, right? Like, yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure there's stuff in Shadowrun where you could just be like, all right, here you go, hand yeah. wave. It's like here's the deal. It works. It's like, oh yeah. So then you have like aliens versus, uh, you know, cyberly augmented people and. The the one thing I was I wasn't so, sure so XCOM <laughs> XCOM basically the one thing I wasn't sure about was like magical powers but it's like eh, whatevs I mean just go for it yeah I don't know how well uh, an alien invasion works in the Earth Dawn mythos but 
That's probably since, pretty dope, actually. Since they are tied in the same into the same universe, but yeah. And well, the, I mean, there there was some uh, a uh, they were working on an RPG that was you know how Earthdawn is like the past of Shadowrun. Yes. That was basically the future. All right. But like in that spike again. So, like, Shadowrun's, what, the sixth world? So this would be, like, the seventh world or whatever it is, or eighth world, whatever, however the, the cycles go. Yep. But it would be, like, the high point, but, like, everybody's in space. Isn't the whole thing that magic doesn't work in space, though? Because yes. you don't have the mana back yes, in the background? Yes, but, but, so... The, the reason is because there's not enough living stuff in space. All right. I suppose if, you, if your entire civilization... Is spacefaring? You have enough living stuff. In space. So, so your entire civilization is spacefaring, and with Shatteron. So, so here's the spec. The the thoughts that I think it was about like that. So, think if you think about Shatteron and everything, the reason that like, uh, like horrors and like the astral creatures stuff like that can exist on Earth is because Earth has that background of like living stuff that creates, you know basically the space that they can exist and where magic can exist. Right. Well, where magic can't exist, they can't go. So, suppose you have an entire planet that's been overrun by horrors. They want to get off of it. Yeah. So now you have this whole tension between moving around and everything and basically there's, there's living stuff on spaceships, you know, and stuff like that, so that would be compensated to some degree. But, like, you know, you have these, like, pockets of, you know, things happening and, and basically horrors trying to get into different, you know, like, for all intents and purposes, infect different planets. So that would mean that for, for you would actually have a, one of those, one of, like, the really, really scary horrors, like the one who infects your mind, the not the ones that just eat you. Yeah, like you could actually one hundred percent have one of them who like manipulates an entire like city of people into effectively a spacefaring biodome just so it could go to another planet. Yes, which is that's why those horrors are more scary than the ones who just eat you. Right, the ones who just eat you like you're just dead then. Like yeah, hey, e- easy peasy. The other ones. <laughs> yeah. You'll wish you're dead. You'll try to make yourself dead, and they won't let you die. Yep. <laughs> that's what they do. Oh, uh, man. All right. Bit of a tangent there. For yeah, sorry. Earth Dawn, weird, weird universe, shall we yeah, say. love it. Yeah. It's really interesting and fun to play in, actually. Yeah. Still very weird. Mm-hmm. Still think I prefer Shadowrun over it, but... Yeah, probably. It's so easy to play a fantasy genre in literally everything. It's a lot harder to play cyberpunk. So I think that's why. Like, Shadowrun just has more uniqueness to me than yeah, maybe. Earthdawn does. Yep. Uh, so, so, as I said, tangent. The actual thing that I thought of, because for, for me, when it comes to thinking up campaigns and games to play, I tend to be influenced by things like that like i hear something or i see something and it just like so for some reason it resonates with me and i just start thinking it's like oh man i could like totally like you know twist that into this and do this thing and that thing and yada 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 mm-hmm. you know like one of the i don't even remember what caused it but i remember i heard something and it's just like it'd be really interesting to like start playing a D game and literally the first thing you do is you're sitting in a tavern together it's currently on fire what do you do? I think you've told, you've said that one before, yeah. Yeah, like I've said that before, and I don't remember what caused it, but like something, some things give me random inspiration, and then I'm just like, man, it would be really cool to do this. Apparently, I'm a big fan of just putting people in stressful situations. I mean, but here's the, here's the deal, like the whole point of storytelling is conflict. Yes. Like literally, that is what it is. Like, you, if you do not have any any type of conflict, you do not have a story. I mean, what's what's the quote from that one guy? when it comes to writing a story is this the most interesting point in this person's life if not why aren't you telling that story right yeah <laughs> like i don't know if i've heard that one but yeah i agree 100 um, <laughs> i i know for a fact i've heard it. i just don't remember from what 
Yeah, right. Like, but like, I mean, that's the whole point, though, is just, you, you have to have conflicts of some kind. And that doesn't have to be violence, obviously. It doesn't have to be something like that. Conflict can be, a you know, just two people dealing with something or one person dealing with something or, you know, whatever it is. Right. But so, like, Social yeah. conflict is still conflict. You don't need... Is what? Social conflict is still conflict. You don't need oh, yeah. physical conflict. Yeah, exactly. Like it's just you know, a lot easier to get someone to react when you put them in physical conflict with something. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, well, I'm trying to remember the types of conflict from writing. It was like man versus man, man versus self, man. and man versus nature. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm. Uh, I was actually gonna say that exactly that. It's like man versus self and man versus nature. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So like but, you can even have an internal conflict and stuff, but like so. Putting, putting people in conflicts is the interesting thing about stories, like, and that's what this is. It's just telling stories. So. But uh, once again, as we are wont to do, slight tangent. <laughs> uh, so my, my actual thing that I was wondering is, you know, as I mentioned, I am someone who, like, something will just resonate in my mind, and I start coming up with campaign ideas off of that something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I was curious, what is... What is your muse, or what is it that usually triggers campaign creation in your mind? Oh my god. Have we talked about this? I feel like we've talked about I this. I don't know if we have. Because <laughs> I think I remember doing this exact thing where I pull up my OneNote document. I know you've talked about a campaign's ideas that you do have. I don't know if you've ever you've ever said where the ideas came from. See, and that, that's the tough thing, is because they come from everywhere. Like... I feel like you can be inspired by everything. Like the easiest, like the low, the low hangingest fruit is, um, like TV and movies. Mm. But, but even that can take a huge twist. Like as I've said, like um, I know I've said this before on the podcast. Like the the Legion game slash world is inspired by um, not only a song called Legion, but um, an episode of American Dad. <laughs> yep. Like. Yep. So, like, seeing something like that, it's, like, super easy to just go, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I've been, I always try, I, I keep trying to find, like, more interesting things to, like, write games off of. Um, I've inspired, I've had entire games inspired off a picture or a concept that's been said. Uh, something very, very, just uh, super, super minor. Um, the funny thing is it's, I've noticed that that I tend to write game or I tend to get inspired off of smaller bits than larger bits, if that makes sense. Like, very rarely do I look at a, mo a whole movie plot and go, "Oh man, I like that movie plot," but I change a few things here. And usually, what it is is it's like, um, like literally, literally, I wrote that entire one-shot game Dreamcatcher off of somebody talking about a Dreamcatcher. Yeah, that's that's like, that's <laughs> that is very much how most of my inspiration comes yeah. to. Like, you know, as I said, like I watch a, I've watched multiple mm -hmm. movies about multiple alien invasions, right? Yep. For some reason, when I watched the alien invasion happen in this movie, mm -hmm. that one made me like, man, doing the Shadowrun game that leads into an alien invasion could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and obviously it's like. And that was in the first 20 so odd minutes of the movie. And, like, I have no desire to actually copy the movie. It's just, like, yeah. for some reason, that's what inspired me, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. I, I have uh, one game, the horror game that I wanted to run, called mm -hmm. The Lady in the Red Dress, was literally inspired because, um, for some reason, I was referenced a, uh, a YouTube a long time ago, uh, recommended me to watch the Lady in the Red Dress scene from The Matrix. Yeah. And watching that scene reminded me of the... I believe it's technically like a, a trope in fiction of the Lady yep. in the Red Dress. Mm -hmm. And that made me want to write an entire game about that, and my mind immediately went to horror for some reason, even though the yeah. Lady in the Red Dress is technically about lust, but... I mean, yeah. horror is fine too. Like whatever. Oh, yeah. Like know. that's the thing. Like I can. The thing is, it would still play into that trope. It would just be a different thing. Yeah. And it's like, like the most random things will just like inspire me to be like, man, I can like, I I don't know if I can make a whole campaign about this, but I can definitely make a campaign seed about this. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, make an adventure about it and stuff like that. Like, 
yeah, as I said, like I'm, I'm just looking at some of the stuff that I've got. And, um, uh, I haven't written anything on it, but I have a, I have like a seed brewing that literally was a single line in a comic book. <laughs> that that I am. Uh, they said one thing about it, and I wanted to build an entire cosmology of a world off of it. You read comic books? <laughs> yeah, I I know you read like Fate and Why the Last Man and all that stuff, but. Uh, I, I don't read a ton, but I, like, I just wanted to make fun of you as well. Oh yeah, you wanted to make fun of me. I mean, that's that Christina got me into that. So. Oh yeah, but I'm uh, yeah, she's, like no, what? I say she is a very cultured comic book reader. Like, she really she, is. She does not read pulpy comic books in the slightest. Uh, to be fair, like the the first ones she read with, or like some of the first ones she read were the Buffy and Angel, uh, trade paperbacks. So. Dang. Take. so let's let's not get let's not go too crazy here right, but fair. no i mean but like yeah like why the last man is like freaking phenomenal and... that is probably my favorite it's technically a graphic novel right yeah that's probably my favorite graphic novel i've ever read <laughs> did i did we give that to you and have you read it or did you yeah i've already from you guys okay I, i'm like i couldn't remember like, it so... i think she got you to read it and you're like john you have to read this so I read yeah it. because it's that good it is that good yeah, it is. It is insanely good. Like, but um, there she has other few, another some other ones that are uh, good too, and everything that are kind of uh, weird and stuff like that. But yeah, so um, but like yeah, um, actually the one the one that I was reading was um, they did a Dark Crystal creation myths. All right, and I got it from there actually and stuff like that. And it's like one of these things that like. One like a character said one thing about the cosmology of the world. And I'm like, I'm building an entirely different world based off that one sentence, like, and it's just like the the it, it's so crazy how anything can spark it, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own little mini tangent here, real quick. Yeah, go for it. I like the original movie, The Dark Crystal. Yep. And when they came out with the miniseries and all that, I'm like, man, I'm actually really interested in watching this. My girlfriend hates puppets. Oh. hates them. I so, haven't watched the miniseries yet. So like, I will never be able to watch the miniseries with her. And it's mm -hmm. just like, man. Because oh. it, like, it's... Even though you know what's going to happen, because it's a prequel, right? Yep. It's like, oh, is it the prequel story? I wonder it is, if it's the stuff based off this. It is a prequel story, yes. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it's like, it's a prequel leading up to it. It's like, so you know what's going to happen? And it's like, man, that could just be so good, but she hates puppets. Okay, I'm gonna go off on another tangent here, if that's okay. But right. I'll let you finish your tangent. Sorry. That that is my entire tangent. Okay. So, prequel stories. Do you find them more or less satisfying than, like, sequels? I find them more satisfying. Okay, me too. I love prequels. So here's the thing. I don't necessarily care about what's going to happen. Right? Exactly. Because <laughs> here's the thing: you can fill it in yourself. It's super yep. easy. I love. I, you've you've heard me talk. Period. You know mm -hmm. that if I talk about something, I'm gonna give you the backstory of that something is great grandfather. I <laughs> love backstory. Backstory is just something that is just like I can't help but talk about it to people mm -hmm. when I talk about things. And as yep. a result of that, I just love knowing backstory. Yeah. So it's like Rogue One. Yeah, I was just thinking that in my like, head. I'm like, I'm you like, know you know what's going to happen. You know, literally, you basically know exactly what the last scene of that movie is going to be. Yeah, it's and like you know what's going to happen. You're just like, there's a small chance that like, oh, maybe things are going to, you know, because like, you know, the, it it leads into a new hope. Maybe things turn out nice and yada yada. yada. So if you're going into that movie and you think that you're wrong, nope. Spoiler that, alert for oh, movies that's been out for a while. That it movie was so is good. Amazing. Oh, that movie was so good. <laughs> like, and I'm always one who's bitching about Star Wars stuff. Like, I'm mm -hmm. like, God, I'm like, God, I just don't even, whatever. But like, man, like, I was like, this is the best. Like, I know it needs the other ones around it to make it work. Oh but yeah. Like, I'm like, this is the best Star Wars movie. Like, like this is this is the Star Wars prequel movie. <laughs> as a standalone, it wouldn't be that good. No, it, it wouldn't still, be. It would still be good, but like, it's like the fact that it's not a standalone. So like, there's so many references and things that are going on and happening that like mm -hmm. you know what they end up leading to makes it that much more impactful. Because it doesn't mm -hmm. matter that you know how it's going to end. Like, 
knowing what leads up to that end is so much better. Like, yeah. the, it's uh-huh. the whole, it's not the destination, it's the journey thing, right? Like, yeah. Prequels are literally pure journey. You already know the destination. The destination doesn't matter. You know what it is. Yep. It's just pure, it's entirely leading up to it, and it's just so good. Yep. I I love that, too. I, I'm glad I'm not alone in this, because I feel like I'm weird, because, like, because, like, I don't care that the end of something gets spoiled, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, in a lot of cases, like, there's certain things I won't spoil at the end. Like, there's certain things where I think you need that reveal at the end. Like, we always talk about Bioshock. Like, yep. like I feel you're doing a disservice to somebody to spoil that one. Yeah. You know, it's like, or like, uh, you know, I like, uh, to the moon. Like, I wouldn't, like, try to explain that one to somebody because, like, It doesn't give the like. The point of that isn't where the story ends up. The point of it is how the it is the journey of the story actually. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like in that one, like even with Bioshock and stuff like that, like honestly, the the end story of that, it's like it doesn't matter where that story ends. You know, the point of it is is moving through that story, and when you hit certain points in that story, going, holy crap! Yeah, for all intents and purposes, the actual like last five minutes shall we say of bioshock we're not that good the here's the deal the game basically ends at the big reveal yes <laughs> like like after that i'm like okay like you could basically quit the game and be fine mm-hmm. and you know like the, i know that's not like a glowing endorsement of the game and stuff like that but like I, I mean here's here's the spoiler for to the moon i guess the guy dies in the end yep like that's not a secret like like literally like the whole plot of the game is is that this guy is dying like but like in a way, I suppose that game is prequel, I guess, because you're learning about this person's life backwards. <laughs> I mean, obviously, this this is nowhere near as much of a dramatic yeah. storytelling uh, revelation, obviously, but a yeah. very, very similar thing happens in Halo Reach. Mm. Anyone who knows Halo exactly. knows how that game is ending. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you know how that one is ending and stuff like that. It like, is not happy. Yeah, not only is it a prequel, we there is literally a book that came out called Halo Fall of Reach. Yep. Straight up. If you know anything about Halo lore, you know what is going down on that game. You mm-hmm. know what? They still told the story pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was gonna, it, it is, in my opinion, like the actual best Halo game. But that's because it's made with modern sensibilities while still feeling very, very Halo. As mm-hmm. to where like the more recent Halo games are made with very modern sensibilities and are slightly less Halo. Slightly. Okay. Yeah. Like I do actually think Halo Reach outside of um uh not is it Nightfall? It's not Nightfall. Long Night of Solace. Long Night of Solace. There we go. That level can eat a dick. Yeah. Outside of Long Night of Solace, <laughs> which can go die somewhere. Sorry, the first half of that level can go die somewhere. Yeah. The second half is actually really cool. Like, the I, second I, half is fine. It's fine. You're, you're playing you're playing a breaching level, which is yeah, actually kind of cool. Right? Yeah, which is totally fine. Yeah, perfectly acceptable. But my god, is it let down by the first part. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, like, like I said, you know what's going on in yeah. that game. And I do think that that is the best Halo game. God, we got way off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like, so to like kind of like roll it back and everything, like, I think one of the best things to do if you're looking for inspiration is just consume as much everything as you can. Yeah, consume, like, consume media in general. Consume real life too. Like, yeah. as and ridiculous as that sounds, like, read history, like, and just go outside and, like, talk to people. Right. <laughs> like, I've, I've thought about, I'm like, man, could you make a game about the heavy water sabotage that happened in World War II? It's like, probably? I mean, I like, what, the, I don't know what setting I'd do it in, but. The fact, the fact that that and the movie where they're, like, fighting in a castle is, like, the major fa- motion pictures yeah. blows my mind. Yeah, the fact that they aren't movies yeah. blows my mind. Because those should be 100% right. Like there's, there's so many things that can just inspire you. And if, if something inspires you, write it down and just remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I literally have 
a notebook with like three lines in the on the very last page, which is random little seeds that I've thought of. Like I want to write, get, make a campaign about this sometime. Yep. Yeah. And that's what I do too. Is I have little. I just have a a thing in my. I have a OneNote or whatever where I'll just write stuff down. You know, brainstorms and stuff like that. Yeah. And they're just utter nonsense. Most of them, like with how kind of like disjointed they can be but like yeah it's just like literally a mis a miscellaneous note sections where i just write lines about stuff like hey, am I... and no other context and build off of that my three lines are lady in the red dress mm -hmm. uh everyone is a rogue mm -hmm. and the bar is on fire everyone is a rogue in the bar is on fire mine are a little more detailed because ten usually when i write my line down, i start to flesh out a little bit beneath it mm -hmm. oh so, yeah well, like the, the thing is, I the way my mind works is I don't need I don't need like notes to remember things. I am not a note taking mm -hmm. GM. I never have been. I don't think I ever will be. Like it's just mm -hmm. writing notes is something I've hated since high school, <laughs> and it carries over into my yeah. DMing. I've I've learned I have to take notes. Yeah, like but, I used to not, and it worked. But I feel like once I, I, I feel like the Iron Claw game was the one that opened opened my eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I'm uh, like I realize that I need like I'm not I'm not really a note taker. I never have been either. But yep. if I don't, I sacrifice a lot. I feel like yeah, like I I'll take notes for things like I wrote down the names of every one of your gang members in the gang campaign because I don't mm -hmm. do good I don't do well with names right. But like I can remember. I just need nuggets is the way my mind works. So you know mm -hmm. like I and that's how, see. But the thing is, is that's how you take notes then. You need to learn how to take notes the way you remember things. Yeah, and like, because that that thing is like, I just need like a small little thing to like. It's like, oh yeah, this was a campaign idea I have, and suddenly everything I've thought about for that campaign idea is like, I'll remember it. You know, mm -hmm. like if if I hear the phrase, you know, "Lady in the Red Dress," or I see the Matrix, I'm reminded of all the things I wanted to do in that campaign, mm -hmm. which is super useful, right? Like, uh, my notes for the game campaign were almost not existent but yeah. i can tell you literally what my next series of things that were going to happen in that game were <laughs> you know because yep. like that's just my mind will retain the most weird information while mm -hmm. somehow being incapable of remembering my own phone number yeah, right <laughs> like and, and i found with it and stuff like that is like as i build a world out and everything I I need to start writing that stuff down. Otherwise, it gets, and, and you know, I'm I'm a perfectly capable GM to where it's like if you plopped a map down in front of me, and we're just like, all right, we're running a game tonight in this world, I'd be like, all right, let's do it, <laughs> and I and I'd make it up on this on the fly as we go. And, I know, but like if I'm building something, I want to have stuff kind of connect and feel cohesive. Oh yeah, completely understandable. I like I know for a fact I have at least screwed up once in a game where I said someone's name was another person's name and I said well going forward this is their names now because <laughs> I, I like mixed up their names and like it to, in my mind that's what their names were now I couldn't go back to the way they were originally mm -hmm. like this is what this person is now called you know <laughs> I'm going to yeah. retcon every one of you guys in my game who actually had to take notes because this is the way my brain works yeah, you're just going to have to deal with it Get, get good. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, it's obviously I am not infallible. I just know the oh, way yeah. my brain usually works. I, I don't think I don't think you ever, you know, did that sort of thing. You know, whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's just, you know, I think the biggest thing is is like finding like people just get the analysis paralysis of writing a game like that mm -hmm. they're like like i think i feel like what what happens is people are like all right i'm gonna write a game and they sit down and they look at a blank piece of paper and are like i have no idea what to write about because yeah, they can like, write about anything in the world yeah they they think that that's how gming's do things and, yeah and it's and it's not like you know, and Rosewater's talked a lot about this, about with creativity and stuff like that. The like, you know, the blank page and stuff is one of the scariest things ever. But like, and I found I, I tend to do what he does is start. You have to start from somewhere, mm -hmm. and so a lot of times that will be a single line. Like I, 
like I don't remember what line it was. I think I think that um, that one line that I you that I said for that I got from the Dark Crystal series. I started writing a game off that. Ended up going a different direction. Scrapped that bit from the game, and ended up writing two separate ideas that did not include that original idea that I'm still probably going to do something with. <laughs> Interesting. Because I started build, so I started because I, I, I had this and started building out this world philosophically with this thing, and I kind of got to a part where I where I just was brainstorming two different concepts. And one was like a religious concept and the other one was like a socioeconomic concept. But the concepts didn't work well together in the same world. They just, it just didn't fit. They would, they would draw too much attention from each other or just, or just clash. And so I'm like, well, obviously one of them needs to go. And this original idea just doesn't fit with either of them now that I've gotten this far because of how I've kind of turned things a little bit. I kind of wanted to shape things differently. And so, like, I basically, like, from one sentence got three different things. <laughs> so, like, once you start building things, you can actually just really kind of spiral it. And, like, I say this a lot, but, like, um, Rosewater's GDC 2017, I think it was, speech, his 20, 20, uh, 20 years, 20 lessons speech uh, presentation for GDC, just go watch that. That is just, like tons of good advice for designing games and designing adventures in tabletop RPGs is game design. I will say that again. Um, and like learning when to like, when you create something for a game, that's a good idea and not trying to shoehorn it in there and saving it for somewhere else is like a skill that I really appreciate just like learning eventually. Like, cause I've actually been able to pull nuggets out of games that I've been building when I'm like, Oh, this is a good idea. I think, but I'm like, oh, it just doesn't fit here. But it's really cool, and saving it for the appropriate time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's just because you have a sweet idea and you were actively running a game doesn't mean that sweet idea needs to go in that game. Yeah. Like, just save it for the appropriate time. If if the idea is not serving the game, you should not be including it. Yeah. I mean, just along the same lines, like, just if you were if you were writing a game, not even running it. You know, if you're, like, creating something, you're like, oh, I want to make a game in this world. And then, like, as you're writing that out, suddenly you get an idea of, like, it's like, all right, so we're going to have this sweet little thing. It's going to be, like, in Earth. It's going to be based in Earth Dawn. We're going to be, like, you know, there's, like, a small horror that's, like, infiltrating this town, blah, blah. And you're like, man, an alien invasion would be sweet. You don't need to put the alien invasion in your Earth Dawn game. Yeah, exactly. That's That sounds ridiculous and stuff like that. But, like, because, like... So, like, to explain mine, mine, mine got really esoteric in some ways. Because, right. like, so, like, I started designing off this one sentence, and I designed this, um, basically this, uh, this world that sort of is a, um, is viewed as a contrast between light and dark, sort of, um, where it exists in, like, a binary, so, like, this, the stars in it are binary and everything. Okay. Um, so there's one star that is like sunlight, like very much like the sun on ours, kind of normal world. And then the second one is is dimmer and everything. So it exists in this world of light and dark, um, where the where every hundred years it cycles through a cycle of light and cycle of dark. So the world would be brighter brighter for a hundred years and then darker for a hundred years. Right. Um, and the religious aspect of that is, is there's actually two two dragons who are considered basically prophets of these sons and everything that are like the religious structure that have been existing for a long time. And, and that's the whole piece that kind of exists in the game. That was the core piece that I designed. But alongside of that, I developed a socioeconomic thing where I was, where I was looking at it. I'm like, well, I want to have this civilization that is kind of the powerful civilization, but I was, I was trying to have something. I don't remember what sparked it, but to have something where there was this, basically a refugee influx to that place. But the thing is, is that the, you know, the, the main nation was a standard, you know, think like a normal, like a normal D and D word world as we would think of it. Um, yeah. I think I actually use it as like more like Roman is how I thought of it. But, um, but the, the refugees that came in lived in a society where every, everybody, shared what they needed and took what they didn't. So there's there's this huge conflict 
this like socioeconomic conflict happening because this whole refugee group that came in didn't understand that you paid for things and that you wouldn't share things and that everything wasn't like and so there was this constant conflict there and i realized it didn't serve this other game and split that out <laughs> yeah like, it's, like it's it's a really really sweet thing to like possibly like think do, about like yeah but if it's not if it's not actively making the game better does it have a reason yep. to beat it because like and, and that's what i realized i'm like it's not serving this whole cycle of light and dark thing which was the whole theme of of the first game and i mean you you literally run a risk of uh, for lack of a better word, wasting something like that too. Oh yeah. Like if you have a sweet idea and you like want mm -hmm. to have you know either you yourself explore to have your players explore or, you know explore it through your players or have them explore and all that stuff, and like it's this big thing but it doesn't play to towards the main game, they can either a get derailed by it, yep. thus ruining your main game. B completely ignore it and then you literally did waste it because it's like then it's like well do I pull it out and put it in something else at that point mm -hmm. am I forcing it to make it work like yep yeah there's yeah and and there's a lot there and stuff like that and you don't want to pull too like i feel like both of those pieces need a lot of focus they have a lot of weight to them mm -hmm. and putting putting too much weight like that on the players i don't think is good it draws their focus too much in different directions and i don't think they get a good experience out of either piece then so that's why I'm like, yep, we're gonna push this one piece to the side, and I'm like, I'm gonna keep this this one core concept for to, to kind of focus things towards. Like, and I feel like when when people are writing games, it's it's easy to fall into that trap where it's like, oh, well, this idea is good. I'm gonna stick this, you know, jam this in there. And um, sometimes that's that's not the answer. Like, I feel like if you have a good idea that you cannot do anywhere besides this world, it's more appropriate to put it in there for sure. Yeah. Like, you know, if you have something relating to this that fits well enough, it's like you, you want to find the pieces that you can't do in any other, you know, game. Yeah, that's that's uh, I'm trying to think what I was going to say. My I was like talking and my brain decided to go whoop, gone. <laughs> I had to interrupt you is what it was, but uh, I was going to. Uh, that's something that I. It was kind of nice when I was doing the the gang game in that regard, because mm -hmm. like. There's a lot of things. There's like there's a lot of social things that, that, in my opinion, would be interesting to have like a gaming session to evolve around. Yep. That it doesn't really work if everyone in the game is supposed to be a hardcore professional who's only caring about their caring about their next job, right? Right. Like you can make a bunch of, in this case, you know, young adults mm -hmm. deal with things that most people would either a completely ignore. Or be just put a bullet in them. Yeah, exactly. Like right. some of the some of the things that we dealt with, like in that game game, would be like absolutely trivial for a normal Shadowrun group. Oh yeah. I mean, and some groups would even just like speed a plot beyond it, right? Yeah, they'd be like, it's we like, don't want to deal with this. Like, oh, Christina's ribs are broken. She's your face. Yeah. And in the normal game, you would just speed a plot the healing, but in this case, it's like, no, you're gonna deal with it. Yep. Yep. You know? You're gonna deal with like that was a big deal because it's like we don't have access to a hospital. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, we barely do, you know. You don't, like, you don't have a Doc Wagon contract or anything like mm -hmm. that, right? Like Or it's like getting a friggin' car. Yeah. Like 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 one of our constant questions is how do we get around? Yeah. Like, like literally as we've said literally in one of the games, one of the one of the characters accidentally got a job because they were trying to get us a car. Yeah, because he was trying <laughs> to steal a car. You know, and like that's the in in a normal Shadowrun game, it's like oh, someone just goes and buys one, or people just have it in their starting gear. Yep. But you know, like I'm pretty sure I gave you guys a build point limitation. Yeah, you so, gave us a. It was a huge limitation, which was good. Yeah. So it's like I forced you guys to be weaker, and you had to make sacrifices. And in this case, it's not really cost effective to put you know six build points into a car. Right. Yeah. Right. Especially when you're dealing with like half your normal amount, like like six build points could be like a tenth of your allotment almost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm pretty sure I I did cut you down to like a one fifty or a hundred or something like that. Yeah, it was it was a lot that it was it was a lot less, which is good. I liked I liked the restriction and the thing is is also you you designed the game so that it wasn't something where it was like, you know, you're just gonna get murdered. <laughs> yeah, like my goal was not to put you guys in actual factual situations. Like. I wasn't putting you up against Aztec, right? 
Yeah. Well, I technically did, but there is a subsection of Aztec. You haven't actually caused problems with them yet. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like I'm not putting you against actual megacorp security forces. I'm not even putting you against cops. Yeah. You put you us don't... against a gang once, and that was partially our own stupidity. Yeah, I put you against a gang, which you guys escalated, and fortunately, it was a gang that didn't want to fight you in the first place. Yeah. Like, you were there to cause problems because of some racist middle-class dude. Yeah. You know? Like, that was the whole, like, thing. And, like, even, you know, it wasn't necessarily intended as a failsafe, but, like, the goal was not to have you or anyone in that gang die. Yeah. It was to put you in a really, really tough social situation. <laughs> it got just, into a weird situation. It got into a weird situation. It, it went a little bit worse than I was necessarily intending, but then you learned the hard way that actions have consequences. It's Sled, fine, you know. Sledge, Sledgehammer-sized consequences. Yeah, sledgehammer-sized consequences. Nobody died. No one died. Yeah, but, yeah, so, like, I don't know. It's, it's interesting when you, like... And you know, I always go back to Rosewater stuff because, uh, honestly, his game design stuff is so friggin' good that I, even people who don't play Magic and write RP, and are just doing like RPG stuff, I think should anyone who designs games in any capacity should be listening to his stuff and uh, reading some of his stuff because it's just universally good. I mean, the um, entire premise behind Twenty Years Twenty Lessons was it was game design as a whole it wasn't oh, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't magic it was it was lessons he learned from magic yep exactly the, the thing is, any any good game design lesson that you learn for mm -hmm. anything should be able to be applied towards every game yeah basically you know? in some capacity even if it is just like you know making a rpg campaign like you said yep i mean uh, you know any it, it just fits so well in any, any of those games and everything like but I, I don't remember what my original point was, but it was super fascinating, and I'm sorry you all had to miss it. I, see, I, I had to derail you once. You like <laughs> just had, to, me had, to, had to get me once and everything, but I'm sure I'll remember what it, what it is eventually and everything. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I just always find the design and, like, how things flow interesting. Now I remember what it was. But, like... If you're, if you're not somebody who writes games commonly, it's easy to look at, at the finished product and think that that is how it always was. But, yes. <laughs> but when you look behind the scene, you don't, like, you realize that, like, we go through so many iterations and ideas and, you know, adjustments. And, like, as we're, as we're creating the game, that, like, the game is not even recognizable sometimes from its initial starting point. Like, and sometimes, like, even while you're playing, things shift. That's one of the interesting things about tabletop RPGs. Like, you can, you can have something on paper, but when, you, when, when the, you know, the proverbial rubber meets the road, like, that can change completely. And I feel like that's really intimidating to people when they're like, when it's like, hey, you should GM a game. And they're like, no, I couldn't do that. That's, that's too hard. Because it's not. But it, it seems really intimidating because... You sit down at a table and you're, you're, you know, the GM's like, all right, here's what we're doing. And you start doing it and they're like, you know, doing all this stuff. And you're like, man, I can't believe they thought of everything like this beforehand. Like, that's amazing. That's crazy. And then you find out that they've been secretly writing that game for the past three years. Well, then you secretly find out that they have been writing that game for the past five minutes and made it all up on the spot. Yeah, or that. <laughs> like, and both of those. Like, both of those are the things. Like, it's so, you know... The, the like you as you said, you only get to see the end product when you're the player. You don't get to see all the nuts and bolts and stuff that happen in the background, or even the creative process that happens in the background of developing this idea into something that actually works. Because it's easy for you to be like, man, it'd be interesting to have an alien invasion, but like that means a lot of things. Oh yeah, you know, that and and that and that has to go a lot of different direction. And there's a lot of like, well, you know, what kind of alien invasion are we talking about like XCOM style sectoids are we doing like you know are we having the blob happen are we having Godzilla happen are we having like there's a lot of different things that can happen with this in different ways and it's like they all have a different context to them so like you know in the end 
when when you see the final product of whatever it is, you know, it's like, you know, on one hand, it's like, you know, if the players ask, it's like, well, how did you get this idea? You're like, well, I just thought about what what happened if I had an alien invasion, you know, mm-hmm. which is true. That's how it started. But like all that scribble in the middle, they don't see. Like, yeah, like there is so there is so much you'd have to figure out if like or in this case, I would have to figure out if I actually had an alien invasion game. Oh, yeah. Happen in Shadrun. Because you know what? There's like aliens. Sure. Big, scary things. There are scarier things in Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. There are great dragons in Shadowrun. Yes. How was Lufweer going to react to an alien invasion in Seattle? I don't yeah, think right. I want to know. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> what is going to happen with that? Like, there's, yeah, there's a lot of questions with it too and stuff like that. What happens when Aztec gets their hands on alien blood for their blood rituals? Yeah, what happens when, what, what happens when um, uh, Ares gets their hands on alien weaponry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, there's a lot of things that end up happening if you have an actual alien invasion scenario in a world like that. Yeah, what happens when Ra- Renraku gets their hands on alien computing? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I love how it's, it's not like, oh man, what would happen to the people that tell us? No, it's like, no, what would the mega, megacorps do with that power? Like, how are they going to screw people to death? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Like, it, there's, I, I, I don't know. I, I I feel like one, every time we talk about like writing games and GMing games, one of the goals I have is always to like slightly demystify it for people who want to run games, because everybody, everyone I've ever talked to, I'm be like, yeah, you should just run a game, and they're like, oh, man, I don't know, like it just seems it seems really hard, and like I don't think I could do that, and the and it's like, nah, you could do that. Like, have you ever just made something up? Like, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, getting over your initial fear is the most mm-hmm. important thing in DMing. Yes, it is, honestly. Like, like just being like, I'm gonna do this and doing it is is just what you need to do. Even if it's not good, and here's the deal, it probably will be just fine. Like, you know, it's it's so eye opening to, to be able to experience that process. Yeah, the like, it's the thing is I that's it's a very, very common thing where I don't think no matter what any GM with any amount of background says someone who's never GM'd is never going to believe them, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like you watch someone like you watch someone like you or me or Tim run a game, yeah. and it's just like you know, like in my case, if something spontaneous happens, I just roll with it. I make it work, right? Yeah. Tim has these big, grandiose, world-changing events. He and like he, I don't. I write zero notes. You write a. semi-reasonable notes he writes notebooks of notes yeah he writes tons of notes but the thing is too with him is is that he doesn't get paralyzed either by things randomly happening no he doesn't like he he also he's just like is the thing is he has so much notes and background and history if anything goes against his expectations he knows what to do because there's something for it yep like He's because he knows how that world is going to react to you doing something unexpected, yeah. and that's just something he can do. And you oh, like, yeah. and like you, we we watched you run so many games up to this point, and like you're, you know, very similar with me. Like it's like, all right, something happens, make it work. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, like make it work. Like literally, I like I can think of a number of games where it's like, you guys are like, all right, it's like, all right, I've written this stuff. This is what's going to happen. Your guys are like, we're going to go over here, and I'm like, I have nothing there. All right, we yeah. just created a new area together. Like <laughs> it's like all right, so we need to go. We need to take out this space pope in this location. I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna crash the spaceship into it. And I'm like, all right, let's let's do it. Like, <laughs> like, all right, done. Making it work. It's like sweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and uh, Tim kind of had it too, where it was like, and I think I took I turned it to like eleven, which is probably like not as good of a thing. But like, he had a thing where it was like, if you did something and it was cool, it's like we'll figure out a way to make it work. Oh yeah, rule like, of cool. The rule of cool, yeah, Very and that's what it was. Right. Like, and I'm, uh, I probably take it maybe too far. I'm not sure, but like, you know, I don't think I don't think in our group, you have almost ever heard the phrase. Well, the rules can't do that. No, it's even me who is like a hardcore rules, like, like I. Sit yeah, you're a rules guy. Rule books. Yeah. Like I am a rules guy. Even I don't think I've ever. Even I don't think I've ever been like. Eh, like, I mean, yeah, like basically, if it's like if it's something cool enough, we're just like, all right, 
We'll figure out how to make this work. Roll a die. We'll see if it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't care if... It, like, unless there's a rule specifically stating you cannot do that. Yeah. And even then, if you're doing something cool enough, sure. Like, sure, right? It's like... I mean, hell, I, I, tried do, I tried rolling a freaking acrobatics check to jump over Richie's character, rolled a one, ended up kicking him in the head and tripping and falling on my face. Yeah. Like, the one I always think about is, is I don't remember, like, like it was in the Serata game, like, you guys were, like, fighting down in a swamp or something, I think, or something, like, but it was, like, down a hill or something like that, like, in a swamp. I remember the ground was kind of mushy, mm -hmm. because I did a running charge and jumped off the hill and, like, tried to, like, friggin', like, two-handed diving stabs, like, jumping stab somebody, and, like, Tim was just like, all right, we'll... It's like, we'll just, like, piece together rules and just make this work because it's awesome enough. And then I missed and landed in the swamp with my arm, and my momentum kept me going and broke my arm. <laughs> uh... And, like, just, like, but, like, those are the things. It's like, well, this is, like, what, would it, what should happen here? D -d 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 and, play, and piecing all those things together. Yeah, it's like, all right, so you have to roll acrobatics for your jumping, and you're making a charge attack. Done. Boom. We got it. Yep, we did it. Oh, you, fa you, you missed your attack. And you and you failed your acrobatics roll after that to like not get stuck in the the muck. Yeah, bad things happened, but you know bad what? You looked cool up until two seconds ago. And we're gonna allow it, yeah. Or or, or the thing where I got to smother the guy with stone skin. But <laughs> you weren't gonna. That was like literally your only out, which is the funny thing. Well, but I mean, like that's how we've played these games though too, where oh, it's yeah. like I get we get into the situations and it's like, well, what can I do to get, like. Like, we're not like, well, I can't deal enough damage to get past his AC. So, like, we're like, okay, I'm in a situation, I'm fighting somebody, how can I beat them when I can't punch them to death? <laughs> it's like, it's like, we can suffocate him. <laughs> well, he's a breathing creature. Yep, so, so we figured that out. Let's make one of those no longer accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, like, like... And that's... That's entirely the thing that a lot of people who either are aspiring or are scared of being GMs. Yep. Playing RPGs teaches you to be creative in your uh, solutions. Yep. I almost said creative in your problems, but that's a whole other thing. I mean, that too in some ways, but... <laughs> that's a whole other thing. It's like, it, require, it, it teaches you to be creative in your solutions to things, because like, things don't always go smoothly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you happen to make a character that you really enjoy playing that is entirely based on dealing lightning damage, and you're fighting things that are completely immune to lightning, right? <laughs> you need to find <laughs> methods to get around the problems. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know? And like, that's just one of the most valuable things as a DM is just like when something happens, just don't get bogged down by like, Oh, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Just like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if the first thing that comes to your mind is a bad idea. You yep. just do it. Cause yeah, it, a lot of times. Yeah. Like just do it, make it work. Like it doesn't matter if people, <laughs> if, if like you find out later that your, your fix wasn't in the rules, you yep. know? I mean, hell, we played 5th edition D&D &D for how long before realizing that nat 20s weren't a crit anymore or something insane like that? Yeah, we screwed up something. I don't we remember what it was. We screwed up a few things. <laughs> yeah, we screwed up a few things. Also, I think we were doing it wrong because we weren't using advantage and disadvantage enough. But oh, Yeah, we were literally like, never using that, and that's like the main premise behind the entire combat system. Or like, or like we literally played the entire Iron Claw game and had two combats. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them I did, I'm like, crap, we better do a combat so like we actually like understand how these rules work. Yeah, for when the actual important combat happens, yeah. when there was yeah. literally only three players involved. And literally one of the best games I've ever ran. Yeah. But, but yeah. like that's just the ability to just cut, decide on something mm -hmm. and just, like it just make it work. Yeah. It's like d don't don't you don't need to come up with the perfect solution to everything. You need yep. to come up with a solution. Yep, and because that's how life works too. Life is not a, a series of perfect solutions. Life, life is a series of decision, decisions and results based on those decisions. And like, people aren't making perfect decisions constantly. Like, you know, and sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't. Yep. And that's fine. Like, and when you're DMing, that's what I try to do. It's, it's like, something happens. Well, what do I think should happen? Something pops into my head and I'm like, all right, let's do it. And we roll with it. 
Yeah, and sometimes sometimes I'll have a couple things pop into my head right away, really quick, branching paths. But like, usually I just decide something fairly quick and go with it. Yeah, and like you're in a in an ideal world, your players aren't going to be annoyed by Mm -hmm. your way of fixing the issue, right? Yeah. Here's the thing: your players just want the game to keep going. Yeah, for the most part, right? There, there's going to be a lot more like weird looking at you if you just kind of sit there being like, "Well, I'm not sure what to do." It's like just it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You're the GM. Even if like, even if you come up with a solution that ends up breaking the rules, the first line in every single rule book says these are a guideline. Yep. You know. Uh-huh. And and this is one of my favorite things when like because people are always like, "Oh man, it's like you had everything planned out." It's like, nah, I had like two percent of it planned out. Yeah. Like, and and the, this is the reason is because something happens and you're like, okay, we're going to do this. And and if you just go with it, people think you're just like, oh man, like they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like you can just you can just like feign expertise. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you don't. It doesn't matter. And you know your players usually aren't going to look at your notes, so like they don't mm-hmm. need to know how much you have planned out. As long as you just make it flow, everything's fine. Yeah. yeah. I don't as, know. As my GMing style shows. Yeah, I mean, and here, here's my thing with GMing. Like, I, I realized that like, I I completely 100% view my GMing style exactly like I view my management style. <laughs> this is that if everyone else is doing things and it's going in the right direction, and I don't have to intervene at all, I'm doing a great job. <laughs> Like, the less I have to do, the better things are. Like, <laughs> you know, and not, like, trying to get out of, like, driving things in any place, but, like, you know, and, and that's what I say, like, in some ways, like, that's why, like, the best games that I've ever ran are the ones where I just step back and the players do everything. Yeah. I had something else I was going to say, and I, like, I completely forgot <laughs> what it was while listening to you talk. I know. I, because I, I, it was... More fascinating than what you were gonna say, I'm sure. Yeah, just complete, just the greatest thing ever. <laughs> what was I gonna but, say? Yeah. Oh well. I'll probably never remember it ever again until we rehash this topic in like six months because we forgot we had it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> We've been doing this long enough for it's like I can't remember episodes anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I remember what I was gonna say now. Mm-hmm. I. I'm. I enjoy playing RPGs. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily enjoy running them. Like I don't know if I would say. Enjoy, I don't. I wouldn't say I enjoy it. I enjoy running them, the same way that I enjoy playing RPGs. For me, playing an RPG is all about um, self exploration, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's the big thing for me. Is I like exploring. Mm-hmm parts of myself and how I would personally react in certain situations and just like taking little bits of me and dialing them up to like 10 just to see you know what how I could be a different person if things had gone differently and yeah all that. yeah yeah but there's something rewarding about being the GM for a game and putting your players in a situation and just like seeing the enjoyment and the reaction and like the emotions they get out of those situations. Like I've always been kind of like an emotional uh, chameleon is what I've referred to it as for lack of a better term. I tend to, I'm very empathetic. I tend to absorb the emotions of those around me (laughs) and like being a GM and having my players actively enjoying what I am doing just gives me oh man it just feels really really good it is such a high (laughs) (laughs) like i don't really know how else to describe it like like basically like you gm and stuff and you're like oh this is cool and stuff like that and then you run one of those games or one of those sessions where you're like oh my god this was amazing Mm -hmm. and you spend the rest of your existence chasing that high (laughs) <laughs> I, I am not joking i yep. am not joking at all like uh, it is it is 100% like that in some ways i'm like, assuming you trying that to constantly replicate that i'm assuming that is literally the iron claw game in a nutshell for you it, it yeah it is 100% like i am literally like i'm like literally like and specifically like that whole game as a whole 
but specifically that one moment with Christina and the Duke. Yeah. Like, like if I could get that moment, one of those moments in every game I played, I would be the best GM in the world. Like, it is, oh my god! Like, and and that was not my fault at mm-hmm. all. Like that yeah. was completely one hundred percent on her. Like, it was just the. Oh, how well that was played just blows my mind still. And, like, it was so good. Like, I cannot even believe that one of my players pulled that off. Like, because it's... Uh, I, I could break down that entire single tiny scene. I don't even remember what was said. I just remember, like, the general, the general gist of it and the emotions and stuff. And I could break down that whole thing and be like, this is why it's so hard for it to happen. And this is why they, they did it and it worked and it was so insane. But yeah, like basically it's just chasing that high constantly is what it is. I just want to have a game that good again. <laughs> Hashtag GMing goals. Yeah, right. Uh, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's inter- So you were just talking about your thing. Like, so if you, just to pose the question, if you had to be a forever GM or forever player character, what would you choose? Probably a forever player character. That's just, what I be- just because of the way the way I come up with campaigns and like I don't I don't truly come up with campaigns. I don't come up with like large grandiose things. Mm-hmm. I come up with encounters. I come up yeah. with uh, specific like missions or adventures, like I come up with one shots. You would be fun to collaborate with. <laughs> yeah, like like I do think that one of the better games I have ran has was my game game. I'm pretty sure I've said that before. Yeah, yeah, that was probably one of the best ones that you ran. And that's because like uh, the way I ran that is like while there was a big overarching like thing going on in the background, it was basically just a bunch of little one shots that mm-hmm. happened to all tie into the same group and a bunch of little things happening. And like that just, it played really, really well to my strengths as a GM. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, yeah. and like that, and that, that was definitely a much more hands-on style of GMing than something that you normally, like you personally would probably really want to do. Cause you know, like I, I was having a large impact on the things that were happening, mm-hmm. but obviously like the players themselves were, uh, being everything was player driven, mm-hmm. I was just I just had a lot of hands mm-hmm. around it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just not, I mean that's not a problem by any means. Yeah, you got to you got to do that. Put some meat on the world. Yeah, I think that definitely was the best one I played by you. But um, I did I did also really like the forty k game. The oh yeah the, the tiered <laughs> one. Yeah, that one was that was dope. Like <laughs> that that, that mission that. That game definitely had a few issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I mean, that was, sure. like... Was that my first ever actual truly GMing? Uh, no, because you ran the... You ran another, uh... 40k game before that, remember? Because we ran, like, the first 40k game, and then we realized that we're like, oh, we need to go into this straight Oh, yeah, phase. I, I ran that one shot. Man, yep. what, I, what I've learned from all my GMing history is I need to stop running prefabs, because I just don't run them well. <laughs> Like, I just don't, and I don't know if it's because I just don't handle the... Like, since I read them, and I think this sounds really sweet, I would love to have mm-hmm. someone play this and just see how they handle it, and yada, yada, yada. I don't know if it's just because there's too much notes, and my mind just, like, I'm too... It, I don't know if it's just because, like, because I have notes, I feel like I have to follow them, or what it is, but, like, man, I'm just not good at running a game with, like, pre-written stipulations happening. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I hear ya. Like, put me in a put me in a random situation. Give me like a little nugget to run with, and I can run you a I can run an entire session, right? Yeah, I I'm the same do, way too. Yeah. I can do that, but mm-hmm. you give me a, a precon, and I just like I feel like all my precon games suck. <laughs> I mean, it could just be some luck. Like, I haven't had the best of luck with it either. Like, yeah. which is unfortunate because there's a couple like precons that I'm like, man, I'd really like to run this. There's a Shadowrun precon that I'd love to run. But the problem is, is like, you can't run it as a first mission. 
Mm-hmm. It has to be like a fifth mission, tenth mission kind of thing, like where it's like later on down the line because it's so atypical, right. and it's kind of it's weird. It's 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 not weird. It's just it's it's less about murdering things and more about talking. So like. It's, I mean, for that, you just need a very specific style of group. So, and, and you do need a specific style of group. Like, you need one of those groups that's like, where, where like you're gonna get NPC. Like, if you it, like, if they're locked in a room with an NPC, like basically they just sit and talk to the NPC all day. Yeah. Like, you need one of those groups that's just gonna sit around and talk to each other, and other people and stuff like that. Like, I mean, we've had a couple groups like that. Like, literally to the point where, like, I feel like that Shadowrun game. Uh, the one I was running with Tim and everything where you guys would just literally like go to like the Perkins equivalent and like just hang out and like talk. Mm. That was a fun one actually. That was a really fun game. Yeah. I'm not wrong in thinking that my first proper 40 K game was better than my second one. Right. When you guys were hunting the murderer in the hive. Um, I personally, I think the tyranny one was better, but I do not think the second one was bad. Like I, I did enjoy it. Um, the I, I feel like the climax of the second game was not not there as much. It yeah. didn't create it didn't create the tension of uh, an alien race eating an entire planet. Um, no, and you, so. you you definitely put a really good exclamation point. On that I, I did. I kind of so. I kind of put a big exclamation point. On. But <laughs> the thing is, is like the epilogue that story told was super good. Then, yeah. Like, it felt super good to end that game with most of us dying and one person getting away and being like, the British are coming, you know? The the most horrifying British in all of creation are coming. So, the actual British. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, alright, we've been doing this for for a while here and not staying on topic in any way. So, why don't we wrap this one up for today? I'm, I'm down. All right. Um, if you want to shoot some feedback, you can send an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocometapc. Uh, head over to thelocometa.com, and you can find links to all of our episodes along with our Patreon, if you want to throw us a buck, and also to our Discord, where we are doing cool things constantly, like talking about things and sometimes playing games. And it'd be cool if some people played games with us. So, yeah, that's that. Still have that offer out. If anyone ever wants to play Halo, I will one hundred percent buy it for you. <laughs> we, you can you can get your name on a leaderboard if you want. You could. We're currently eleventh. We eleventh or thirteenth? Eleventh, uh, I think, is what right. it was. Maybe we're thirteenth. We are something the best in the world at yeah. a very specific mission <laughs> in a very specific Halo game. Yeah. I got bumped back one spot on my Skyrim time, and I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> I mean, that's just going to keep happening until you do it again, though, right? Yeah, I know. I kind of want to try, but maybe someday. All right, cool. On that, we will catch you next time. Thanks.